Civil war might be on the horizon in Russia. More money goes to Ukraine because U.S. bureaucracies can't add. And the Titanic sub-explosion brings out the darker side of humanity. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you had a great weekend. My book is going really well. I will be taking off the rest of the week, but I didn't want to skip all of this stuff. I wanted to talk about Russia and Ukraine. So it looks like a Russia-Ukraine war might come to an end sooner than expected and not the way Vlad Putin wants. Though I think even though there should be some celebration, I don't think there should be a lot. This could be a very, very scary point in the world. And we knew this was coming eventually. I don't think there was a doubt this was coming. Um, unfortunately, this may result these results may come about by a Russian civil war or the assassination of Vladimir Putin or both. And I think all this is coming, even though there was some good news on Saturday. So there's a lot to break down in this story. So what it basically ended up happening is a guy named uh, Yevene Progetjen, uh, he owns a company, or actually a paramilitary terrorist group called the Wagner Group. And he released a series of messages on Friday stating that the Russian government had basically betrayed him and his group by shooting at his group while they were fighting in Ukraine. Now, here's the kicker. The Wagner Group is a paramilitary terrorist group. They are a contractor's group. They're basically Vladimir Putin's KGB, but on international affairs. They're known for destabilizing governments. They're known for fighting proxy wars. They basically will do everything that the Russian military won't do. And they're all under Vladimir Putin. This company is run by by that guy, Yevhenny uh, Prigozhin. Um, he's the leader. He's the, quote, CEO, end quote, of the group. Now, why this guy is upset is because apparently while, in, while fighting in Ukraine, where I might add, this Wagner group was getting their asses kicked. They had been bombed by the Russian military. So this Prigozhin is pissed off because he believes Russia, the Russia defense minister, intentionally went out and, and bombed his group to get sympathy from the Russian people. And he's decided, okay, we've had enough. And so what they want to do is they want to topple the Russian government. Essentially, they don't want to topple the Russian government. This Progoshkin basically wants the defense minister arrested, is essentially what this comes down to. So let's talk about this Progoshkin a little bit, because this, this could be a big thing. This We really don't know what's going on over there. Okay, I've heard dozens of different stories. Uh, I'm going with the one that I've read on both Fox News and Daily Wire, because they seem to be consistent at this moment, but we're not really sure what the story is. Okay, so this Prigozhin, uh, he spent nearly a decade in the 80s 
in prison on assault, robbery, and fraud. He also has some human sex trafficking. He likes to he liked to traffic underage girls. So this is this guy is a real piece of crap. When he got out of prison, he opened a hot dog uh, stand on street corners. That led eventually to him creating a catering business. In his catering business, he eventually ended up meeting Vladimir Putin, who at the time was a low-grade official. He was actually just the head of the KGB. Well, this Progishtin ended up being the caterer for the government, and he ended up being the lead chef. Now, the Russian government decided, hey, We've got this guy, he's got this catering business, so what they ended up doing is laundering money through this catering company. Wagner, or um, Projishkin, took the money from this 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 uh, money laundering and created the Wagner Group, which started out pretty small, just a former Russian soldiers, maybe a few hundred soldiers, just to go out and do some of Russia's bidding they were just basically a, 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 a killers for hire group is what they were, except they would go to different countries and they would do this work. Well, this, this, continue, this group continued to grow because their power continued to grow. They were very successful. Um, they've been all over the world and now they are 50,000 strong. And they're heading a lot of the fighting a lot of the problems that are happening in places like South America, Africa, the Middle East, Asia, Europe. The Wagner Group is very heavy in, let's say, Syria. Okay, so they're working heavy in Syria. They're working heavy in Iran because they can do things. And the government of Russia has plausible deniability. What Wagner Group does, Wagner Group does, they're a small company. They're, they're not us. We have nothing to do with them. So that's what it is. Even though everybody knows that they are Putin's, basically the KGB is Putin's police department. The Wagner group is, is Putin's army is what happened. So, uh, it ended up that the, the group is a bad group. They, the international organizations want them named a terrorist group, which they are. They're known for scorched earth tactics, rape, kidnapping, um, mass murder, all sorts of fun stuff. So this is a really bad group. So they were fighting in Ukraine. Russia drops a bomb on them by accident or on purpose. No one really knows why. Some people are even saying the defense minister did it on purpose to create that uh, conflict between the Wagner Group and Putin because the defense minister doesn't think the war in Ukraine is a good idea. You see how opaque this whole thing is? We really don't know what's going on over there. It is a complete mess in Russia. So apparently this group bombed. There was a base. It held 25,000 uh, Wagner Group troops, an unknown number of troops ended up dying or being injured, kicked out of the war. So this uh, Progishtin decided, okay, he's starting to release some messages. So he released this first message after the bombing, quote, the war was needed 
so that a handful of scumbags could have a blast and get PR attention showing how strong the army is. The war is needed not in order to return the Russian citizens to our bosom and not in order to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. So essentially what he's saying here is that the war actually has, the war with Ukraine for Russia has purpose. But apparently there are some people in the Russian government that are doing it only as a propaganda campaign. And he's against that. Then he talks about the missile attack. Quote, a missile attack was carried out on the PMC Wagner base. There are many casualties. According to information of the fighters who are witnesses, the attack was carried out from a rear direction. That is, it was carried out by soldiers of the Russian Ministry of Defense. So right off the bat, he is blaming a specific individual for this. And he's specific. I can't remember what the guy's name is, but he's blaming the defense minister of Russia. This whole mess is actually about him wanting to go into Moscow, which is where he was trying to go. This whole mess was to get that defense minister. It, it isn't even to overthrow Putin, though we really don't know what his motives were. Then he said in another radio communication, quote, the evil that the military leadership of the country brings forward must be stopped. They have forgotten the word justice and we will return it. Anyone attempting resistance will be considered a threat and immediately destroyed. This includes all checkpoints in our path and any aircraft above our heads. So, essentially what they did is, they went into a uh, city named Rostov-on-Don, uh, which is about, a, about I, I want to say, 150, 200 miles south of Moscow. They took over the city. They took over the Southern Military District Headquarters, which is a uh, military outpost for Russia. Um, and they controlled the city. So there apparently wasn't any bloodshed. They didn't have a problem taking over the city. But then they decided, okay, we're going to go up to Russia. So the military, the Wagner Group military, started moving up into Russia. Then on Saturday, Prozhitkin halted the forces' advance toward Moscow. There was no bloodshed, and apparently there was a deal brokered between Belarus, Russia, and the Wagner Group. Now, apparently, this deal, which we, we're going to have to take for granted that it's going to work out, I don't know. The president of Belarus, Alexander Lushenko, decided that, okay, what we will do is we will take in um, this pro, pro, Prigozhin, Prigozhin, and he will be exiled to Belarus. And in that case, Moscow, Putin, will sit back and waive all crimes that he had set up against Prozhishkin and the Wagner Group. Now, uh, this is what the Belarusian government said. This morning, Russian President Val Vladimir Putin briefed his Belarusian counterpart on the situation in Russia, in southern Russia, with a private military company, Wagner. The head of the state agreed to actions. 
As a follow-up to the agreement, the President of Belarus, having been additionally informed of the situation through his own channels and in agreement with the President of Russia, held talks with the head of the Wagner PMC, Yevgeny Prigozhin. Prigozhin accepted the proposal of the President of Belarus, Alexander Lushenko, to stop the movement of armed persons of the Wagner Company on the territory of Russia and take further steps to de-escalate tensions. So, essentially, rumor has it that Progoshin will be exiled to Belarus. Now, here's where things get very confusing. I'd also heard that the defense minister in Russia had been exiled to Belarus, which would make far more sense than uh, Progoshin, Progoshin, whatever his name is. The reason that would make far more sense is that the defense minister is going to be actually moderately safe in Belarus, whereas Progishin will not. Progishin is now an enemy of the of the Russia, of Putin, and Belarus is a Russian satellite country. It is very pro-Russia, very pro-Putin, very pro-Ukraine war. Don't forget, Belarus was thought to attack, which is a country north of Ukraine, it was thought that it was going to attack Ukraine from the north. So they are an extremely pro-Russia country. The idea that Progoshin is going to go to Belarus and think he's safe is nonsensical. So as of today, there has been reports that he is in Belarus, but apparently the Rostov and Don the city in southern Russia, has still not been released by the Wagner Group. So no one really knows what's going on over there. Now, Russia is celebrating the ceasefire. They had fireworks and everything else, which is kind of amazing because I thought there was no bloodshed. Um, but now it's seeming like maybe there was fighting already. But again, we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And the kicker is United States intelligence. United States intelligence has first said, hey, this was, we were completely by surprise. And then they're saying, oh, no, we knew about our, Russian, our intelligence agencies in this country, completely incompetent, which I, I don't think should be too much of a surprise. They're, they've been really bad for a very long time. So, but here's the reality. A lot of people are cheering over this. Okay. A lot of people are, are cheering over this. Um, I don't think there's absolute, I don't think there's anything to cheer about this. Uh, first off, and, and they're cheering this because, and they're cheering the Wagner group itself. Okay. There's nothing to cheer about this. The Wagner group is a terrorist group. It is a dangerous group. They are anti-American. They're pro-communist. They're pro-Soviet Union is what they are. They're not a good group. You've got a really bad group going after a really bad government. Right now, um, the United States, they're looking at, the United States could be looking at supporting this group going in and actually attacking Russia. That's what I'm afraid is going to end up happening. In other words, not only are we going to give money to Ukraine, we're going to give money to, which is another corrupt country, we're going to give money to the Wagner group to go in and do something for, against Russia, and this is not a great group. 
The other problem, something we really need to think about is Russia has 2,500 nuclear weapons. Okay, the Wagner Group, I, I, one thing about Putin, whether you like him or hate him, and I hate him, but I, I hate any, I don't think there's any leaders in Russia that you can trust. But the one thing with Putin, the country was stable. And if you decide to overthrow Putin, we could have another Libya in our hands. Except this time, this country has nuclear weapons. Do you really want to see this uh, Progosian go in there and take over Russia? This animal? Yeah, Putin's an animal. You're replacing one animal with another. But at least you've got an animal you know. With Progosian, you don't know what this guy's about. So... None of this is good. Um, and I'm just afraid what will end up happening. These guys will eventually start saying, okay, we got to support this Wagner group. And a lot of the talk is that it sounds like the Wagner group is still together. Progosian is still there. So we don't know. We'll have to see within the coming weeks if we even hear anything. And I'm not exactly trusting our government to give us all the information. One, because they don't give us anything. They're not transparent at all. And two, because I don't think they know they they couldn't find both uh, their butts with both hands on a roadmap. They are that incompetent. So and then so it's it's a very scary moment in, in the East. And you know, here's the thing: we are so. I mean, this is so confusing. Everything is so out there. Even China doesn't know what's going on over there. Even China is tepidly supporting Putin. They're just like, okay, what's going on? They, they can't openly throw their arms around Putin because that will stick them in a really bad position. Let's just say this Wagner Group guy, Progosian, he goes in and Putin is overthrown. And China put all their love to Putin. Suddenly, now they're going to have an enemy in Russia, because the guy who takes over is going to hate China for, for taking Putin's side. You see what I'm saying? China has to stay back, has to stand back. They can't really put their hands on this. This is that ugly a situation. And it's happening in a country with 2,500 nuclear weapons. Well, speaking of incompetence, um, here's the real problem with giving government the responsibility of handling your tax dollars. Uh, according to Town Hall, as if we needed more concerns with the Department of Defense, the Deputy Pentagon Secretary, Sabrina Singh, revealed on uh, during a pr Tuesday press conference that Ukraine will be provided with an extra $6.2 billion. Before taking questions, Singh revealed that Quote, during the department's regular oversight of our execution of presidential drawdown authority for Ukraine, we discovered inconsistencies in equipment evaluation. So basically what they're going to do is, oops, we're short, short $6.2 billion. So we need to give Ukraine $6.2 billion. Well, let's hear it from her mouth. Uh, because this is absolutely amazing. We'll, we'll, I'll give you the, I'll sum it up for you uh, when you, this little clip is finished. Oddly. Following up from um, some announcements earlier this year, 
during the department's regular oversight of our execution of presidential drawdown authority for Ukraine, we discovered inconsistencies in equipment valuation for Ukraine. In a significant number of cases, services used replacement costs rather than net book value, thereby overestimating the value of the equipment drawn down from U.S. stocks and provided to Ukraine. Once we discovered this misvaluation, the Comptroller reissued guidance on March 31st, clarifying how to value equipment in line with the financial management regulation and DOD policy to ensure we use the most accurate of accounting methods. We have confirmed that for FY23, the final calculation is $3.6 billion, and for FY22, it is $2.6 billion for a combined total of $6.2 billion. These valuation errors in no way limit or restricted the size of any of our PDAs or impacted the provision of support to Ukraine. And while the DOD, while the DOD retains the authority to utilize the recaptured PDA, this has no bearing on appropriated USAI or Ukraine PDA replenishment funding approved by Congress. So essentially what they're saying is Congress said you have to give $6.2 billion to, this is a simplified explanation, but a $6.2 billion worth of equipment, the government packaged equipment and they said, okay, this howitzer is worth $100,000. So they added a bunch of howitzers that equals $6.2 billion. And then the howitzers turned out to be only worth $50,000. So instead of giving them $6.2 billion in howitzers, they gave them $3.1 billion in howitzers. Now they need to adjust it to the $6.2 billion. So they're going to give Ukraine an additional $6.2 billion because they, they undercut the value of their equipment. I, this is just absolutely incredible. So let me get this straight. Our government doesn't really know how much they're giving Ukraine. Our government doesn't know the value of what we're giving to Ukraine. Our government doesn't know what Ukraine is doing with the money and equipment we're giving them. And our government solves all these problems of what they don't know by just giving Ukraine more of our tax money. Here's something wild and crazy. Okay. How about just not giving them anything? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on this wild thought side here. I understand Congress voted for this, but okay, go to Congress and say, hey, we saved you $6.2 billion. Yay, let's reclaim that money and do something with it within the United States. I don't know, maybe take $10 billion of that and build a wall at the border. Something like that, right? But no, we can't, we can't do that. We can't, we can't do that. Instead, we got to give it to a group that we have no idea what they're doing. Well, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. 67% of the population doesn't think this is a good, we should be giving this much money to Ukraine. I know. By the way, this was not reported on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. This was not this was not reported anywhere. This was reported on conservative outlets. And I don't consider Fox News a conservative outlet anymore. I think they're just a terrible group. This mess here, 67% of the population thinks we, sh we should be giving Ukraine dick and let them deal with themselves. Let Europe handle it. I mean, Russia's next to Europe. Let Europe deal with it. And Europe's not giving any money. So they must not be too worried. And by the way, that 67%, that includes Democrats. It's not just Republicans. So it, Republicans should be watching because this should be a campaign ad. And by the way, Donald Trump, 
as much as I'm not a fan, Donald Trump is pointing this out. He seems to be the only guy pointing this out. Okay. So we talked about the implosion of the Titan submersible last week. Um, it was a tragedy. And the only lucky thing about the whole situation is that the ship blew up quickly. Uh, and within milliseconds, the passengers died. So they had a quick death. There wasn't a lot of suffering. And that's a good thing. Okay, and that's a good thing from an empathetic point. Now, I'm not saying I'm glad they're dead. Well, I mean, the stupid continues. So according to Fox News, the Royal, the, the Royal Canadian Mountain, Mounted Police is looking into circumstances surrounding the fatal voyage of the Ocean Gates Expedition Titan submersible in de, to determine whether criminal investigation is warranted. RC, I'll tell you why this is just the stupidest effing thing they could do. RCMP Superintendent Kent Osmond said Saturday a team of investigators had been established to decide whether a full criminal investigation could proceed. Quote, such an investigation will proceed only if our examination of the circumstances indicate criminal, federal, or provincial laws may only may have possibly been broken, Osmond said. So this is what really trips me out. This just shows that the Royal Canadian Mountain po Mounted Police really has nothing else to do. Uh, everyone knows anything about deep sea diving, knew this was going to happen. None of the wreckage will be recovered because of the depth and the expense. Uh, they're never going to be able to look at anything to find out what ex exactly happened, even if it was, and it probably was, um, uh, not malfeasance, but if even if it was negligence, the reality is you're never going to be able to prove it because they're never going to get that stuff up up above the the up above the uh, ocean from or. They're not going to drag it up from the ocean. And they're not going to drag it up from the ocean because it's expensive, it's dangerous, and it's time-consuming. They're just not going to do it. So, and then you've got the other thing. Okay, let's just say you do somehow have enough evidence to prove that this was criminal. Here's a question for you. How are you going, who are you going to convict? The CEO of this company, OneGate, Ocean Gate is dead. He was on board the ship. It blew up with him on board. Who are you going to put in jail? Well, go to it, Canada. Have a good time. I guess you have nothing else to do. One of the other things that was amazing about this whole thing is how people are just such assholes about a submersible blowing up and five people dying. They seem to always want to put a political spin on things but especially on social media. I have been on Twitter a lot lately, and people who I actually like have put in a lot of distasteful jokes. Now, typically how I deal with distasteful jokes about things, you know, too soon, it could be a statement, or it could be just, you know, it's just not something to joke about. You know, just ignore it. I don't defriend them. I don't call for boycotts or anything. I just, you know, okay, it's a stupid joke. Don't, I just ignore it. Okay, but here's the thing. The politicos are really a hateful bunch out there. 
And they really have been saying some absolutely horrid things. Not even making jokes about them. Just saying hateful things. So let's go over it. Like celebrity Lee Dion released a photo of a killer whale on Twitter and then stated, I have nothing to say but eat the rich. Now, if you don't know who Lee Dion is, I don't either. Lee Dion is a celebrity of some, she's got an ID, MB entry, I don't know. She probably was a background actress or something. But she said, first off, killer whales don't go two and a half miles underneath the ocean for the same reason submersibles submersibles have to be very careful when they go two and a half miles under the ocean. So it's just, it's a stupid thing. But what does them being rich have to do with it? As a matter of fact, them being rich didn't save them. But, you know, make it political because we hate rich people. Then there's TikToker Ginny Hogan. She said this, It's crazy to think we might only have 30 hours or so of being able to make fun of people on a submarine. The question I have is, what makes people think, I'm going gonna, I, 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 gonna to make a comment like that? What, what makes you want to even say something like that? I, I don't even like seeing things like that or commenting on things like that, much less saying it. But I think probably the worst thing that was said was by Eli Mistel. Now, if you don't know who Eli Mistel is, he's insane. He writes for the Far Left Nation. Uh, he's a frequent correspondent on MSNBC. He is notorious for saying stupid crap like this. He said, next time you see some rich white person, next time some rich white person wants to take Sam Alito on an expensive trip, please take him to see the Titanic. So let me get this straight. This is supposed to be a news correspondent, a guy who's supposed to be neutral, and his analysis is unbiased. I mean, that's what he says. And he's wishing death upon a Supreme Court justice he doesn't like? I. Some people, some people do not see this stuff as funny. In fact, they say they see this as a really sick society, a symptom of a really sick society. The criticisms are coming from some really surprising sources, considering these places have come up, have participated in this type of sick commentary. An example, Los Angeles Times. There's a staff writer that uh, named Jessica Gelt. She wrote this, quote, like a digital tower of Babel, social media is evolving into an increasingly ugly and chaotic space. A real-time repository of our worst impulses, uninspiring musings, scatatorical humor, and ill-informed thoughts that should be kept to ourselves. It is an online mall of America, vast, vacuous, relentlessly commercial, and soul-sucking. And in a time of immense crisis, political, ecological, and social... It has become a garbage dump of vile commentary publicly aired because that's just what we do now. You know something? The only thing surprising about this comment is it came from the Los Angeles Times and they allowed her to print it. And they didn't, uh, they didn't let her print something like, oh, those people all deserved it because they're billionaires. But she's right. She's right. 
Fox News released an article today. I don't have it with me. But the report concluded that a lot of this has to do with narcissism and in the most vile way, and that social media is actually fostering this narcissism, which they are. Social media creates apathy simply because we scroll through these, this stuff and we, we see a tragedy and we joke about the tragedy. We don't sit back and think about it. And that's all true. That's all true. How many of your kids are actually sitting back and reading a news article? They don't just regurgitate what they saw on social media when they start talking about it. It's really, really disgusting. I mean, Barack Obama this weekend said, well, yes, these, these five people died, and that's a tragedy, but what about the hundred people that drowned in Greece when their ship, when they were illegally trying to enter Greece, their ship sank, and they were all being trafficked? And I actually heard someone say that. Make that comparison. And I had to explain to him, well, first off, this happened in Greece, whereas the submersible sinking happened in United States, international waters just off the United States. And the Titanic is kind of a icon when it comes to tragedies. So everyone is staring at this, and no one has ever died in a submersible two and a half miles down before. So, I mean, there are some differences here. But that's what people don't pay attention to any of that. They don't look at the story. They don't understand the history. Technology entrepreneur Alan Safko, he uh, told Forbes pretty much the same thing. It's about narcissism. Oh, look, 79 people like my, like my, liked my snarky post. It's a form of heckling and getting attention. The bigger the story, the more attention can be diverted from the story to them personally. It is sad to see how social media has allowed us to devolve into a society so self-centered and narcissistic. As with most hecklers, the only way to defuse them is to ignore them and don't feed them with their negative energy. That's true. I mean, the best way to... First off, the best way to deal with this is to know the story. I, I read a couple of news articles to figure out what's going on. And then just ignore it. If they don't get the attention, they maybe they won't post that same crap as before. Even negative attention we're finding today is not good attention for these people. They like it. So you could sit back and say, you're an idiot. I mean, Taylor Lorenz made her career off negative, negative attention. She loves it. She loves when people tell her to, to drop dead. She sits back and says she's being targeted. So the best way is just to ignore it altogether. Next star also weighed in on the issue. Uh, that's he, They say it been, has been going all around a really long time. It's been happening. Quote, one main reason given for the perceived glee or dismissiveness with which the incident has been met with, uh, with is summed up by the German word Schadfreude. As defined, I know I just mispronounced that, but you know, you got the idea. As defined by Merriam-Webster, Schadenfreude means enjoyment obtained from the troubles of others. Generally, this enjoyment is reserved for those considered by individuals to be above themselves. The fact that these people are right 
that's a real problem and we should really take it seriously a lot of the a lot of the re responses to this thing are sick hateful and a an abomination they're just terrible things to say but they they're everyday correspondence they're everyday talking points it shouldn't matter who was on the sub this is a tragedy I also agree with some people that these people who died on the sub should be admired. The quest for adventure and discovery. Yes, they people have been to the been to the Titanic before, but the reality is it's still an adventure. You know, it's like saying, well, Columbus crossed the ocean something like 18 times. It's like saying Columbus coming back to America for the 16th time is not an adventure. Of course it is. You're down where only a few people have ever been. This is, they should be looked at as bravery. Yeah, they spent $250,000, they made a bad judgment, and they died. But that doesn't change the fact that the adventure was still there. The bravery to go on that submarine and see the Titanic was there. So, I, I, it, it's not something to mock. And the death of anyone is not something to mock. Matter of fact, mocking death is vile and it's it's sad and it just shows you're an angry little person. Okay, I hope you guys have a great day. I'll see if I do a shorter podcast tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure yet because I, I've got lots of work, but I'm 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 doing it today, so I'm hopefully I'll get it done today. I hope you have a great day. God bless. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbass Talking Politics.